Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the show. We have a special, not so special, super special guest joining us, um, semi co host, <laughs> life partner, wonderful gentleman of the world, Mr. Earl. What'd he do? Um, He's going to come and join me today, and we're going to talk about some stuff, some things, um, our thoughts and uh, impressions on things, since um, you guys wanted him to come back. None of us know why you wanted him to come back. I sure don't. (laughs) Still trying to figure this out. But we're happy to have him, as always. And we're going to talk about the things, though. I mean, you guys are used to hearing his voice, because you're about to hear it when we announce the church announcements. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. All right, church announcements time. Um, in sad news, Jeffrey Epstein, um, the billionaire who is cur- was currently undergoing in the middle of litigation situations um, because of sex trafficking and things like that was found in his jail cell um, dead of an apparent alleged suicide. Um, a month ago, uh, after being in jail for a week, he was found unconscious in his jail cell um, with marks on his neck. And the prison officials were still investigating that when they found him this morning. Um, I say sad news, not because I personally feel sad, but I don't, I don't, I don't wish death upon anyone, you know, <laughs> like being evil, doing evil things. All right. But death, like, you know, you wish somebody would constantly have the feeling of stepping up upon a Lego. You don't wish death <laughs> upon people. Um, so, and you know, we, we have to remember this person still has family, still has friends, still has people who they cared about. And so, yeah, yeah, that happened this morning. Well, they say all the evidence died with him. So, I mean, from that aspect to it. All the evidence died with him? Yeah. I mean, he's on trial at some point. There's some things that only he would know. And that you may not be able to get out. I mean, because there's the... As much as it is about him, it's about everybody else that was connected to him and all of this other sort um, stuff that resulted in him being in, in jail in the first place. Like current and past presidents? Possibly. Mm-hmm. So Allegedly. 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 Gotta say so, allegedly. Or nope. we, are, we will not be getting sued. No one. No one is. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Okay. So, um, but yeah. So, I mean, there's some things we will just never know mm-hmm. because it went with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, I hope, you know, hopefully they continue to at least follow follow the, the evidence that is remaining and to put pieces of the good puzzle together to, uh, you know, put down or track down other individuals that may have been connected in this whole thing to where they get, um, 
their rightful day in court. However, it must, uh, it shakes out. But, you know, to your point, yeah, there's a group of people, you know, every bad person has somebody that loves them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody will be, you know, a family is hurt by it. But at the same time, there's other ha- families hurt by this as well for different reasons. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, my hope is always that justice is served, you know, like whatever's going on, whatever's happening, like that whomever has been wronged will see justice, you know? Um, so that's it on that. Happier news, send Toya Brown out of jail in out free from prison when she should have been locked up in the first place. Give us free. Uh, Earl. Um, so for those of you who might be unfamiliar with Centoya's story, when Centoya was 16 years old, she was tried, she was charged, tried, and convicted of the murder of a 43-year-old, uh, I believe he was a real estate agent, um, who she was trafficked to. Like I said, at the time she was 16 years old, this man was 43. Um, her story was she refused him. He threatened her. Um, she saw a gun closet, so she felt like there might be guns all over the place. He turned to go un- reach under the bed, and so she had her own gun that was given to her by her sex trafficker um, uh, to defend herself, and yeah, she killed the guy. Uh, that's the original story that I've read. Um, but like I said, she was tried. She was charged, tried, and convicted of that man's murder and she was supposed to be serving life if i'm not mistaken uh-huh. um with not with she couldn't even see the possibility of parole um until she was about 69 years old which is crazy cuz we tried this this literal child she's 16 years old as an adult um in a situation that <sighs> i'm no judge I'm no legal expert, but just looking at the situation, 16-year-old girl kills 43-year-old man whom she's was, she was being trafficked to. Where were all the other questions? Yes, there's a person who was murdered. Yes, that's really, that's a terrible thing. No, murder is bad. Murder is a bad thing. But just looking at the, the story, like, where were all the other questions about what was happening here? If, if, if I'm making myself clear, like, you know, why, wh- where were the questions of why was this girl with this 43 year old man? Why was she being trafficked? You know, cause they were, some people, all right, I already talked to you guys about this whole thing I have about when people say, you know, child sex or teen sex and things like that. Like, like, um, and I told you guys that I don't, that there's no such thing as a, you know, a teen prostitute. There's no such thing as a teenage prostitute. There's only a child being trafficked. That's sex trafficking. That's what that is. That, 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 that is a child. There's no such thing as a teen prostitute. Um, that implies that there's, there's, there's consent. And when you're a child, you can't consent. So that's that on that. But yeah, there was a lot. There's a lot of issues and things. A shout out to all of the activists all of the the people who were really passionate and documenting this story shout out to lebron james and rihanna and snoop who took to their own platforms 
to share this woman's story because I got to be honest, I didn't know anything about this until Rihanna said something about it. And that breaks my heart, you know, that I didn't know. And then you think about like all the other Centoyas that might be imprisoned, you know, who have similar stories, you know, who are looking and seeking and reaching and praying and hoping for justice. Um, because I, I don't think she's alone in that. No, she's probably not the only one um, who's probably going through something similar. Um, yeah, we do, you know, hope for those projects who, um, you know, for those groups of legal teams that go into these questionable cases like this and try to find uh, not only just the legal justice, but the moral justice in it as well. So, yeah. Finally, church announcements. Uh, Earl has just informed me that he has not seen the trailer for the upcoming film Cats. And? I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to judge it. I'm going to describe it to you. So imagine a Jennifer Hudson, a Jason Derulo, a Idris Elba. Uh, God, who else? Is, is, is so many people in this film. It's they clearly spent all their money on casting, like who they were going to put in there, um, and CGI, because it's a bunch of these stars running around in the bodies of cats. Isn't this like a play? It, it was. It was one of the longest-running Broadway shows, um, and I've seen it multiple times, but mm-hmm. I saw it as a child, and I loved cats, like, cats at the time like animals cats right. at the time still do have one is love this gonna it. be a culturally relevant I, no <laughs> it's it i mean you like got all these black people <laughs> but there's also and, white people there's also white people in there there's people of every i think there's a there's people of every ethnicity you, in you here named seven black people i yeah. named three black people because those are the first people that i could i was going to say taylor swift is also in this oh hell <laughs> Why all hell? You think I want to see a movie with Taylor Swift, <laughs> Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> I want to hear Jennifer Hudson sing that memory song. Like, the character that she plays sings the the song of the show. And I know that Jennifer is going to sing her face off. I, though... This is a singing competition well, in a movie. Let me just... <laughs> Let me tell you what this is. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. This is wait, Taylor wait. Swift trying to come up on J-Hud level and fail miserably. No, this that's and not it. Yes, it is. No, it's not. She gonna be singing all extra hard. Oh, my God. She gonna be like that, that meme of Ashanti, like, what song do you have that oh. you were singing this hard? You're rude. You're rude. You're rude. <laughs> Y'all know the meme of Ashanti mouth wide open like Fantasia. What song do you have, ma'am, that you can be singing that hard? Not ma'am. But, no, it's, it's, um... Because uh, I think Rebel Wilson is in it, too. They should have put Fantasia in this. This is not, this is not a, a Tyler Perry remake of, of Cats. This First is, of all, Fantasia can be in another movie other than the Tyler Perry movie. No, I'm not, that's not what I was implying. My, my implication was we're not going to have this all-black cast as Cats. What? Tyler Perry put white people in his movies? That, that again, is not what I'm saying. The point that I was trying to reach is that this movie looks terrible and the only reason why i want to even the only i only want to hear jennifer hudson sing this song in a beautiful gown 
at an award she, show oh, where the where the I where she's the, supposed to be a cat in, this in movie. the movie. <laughs> but I said at if you. So I want to see her do it in an in an award show in a beautiful gown like. Where I don't know the show's winning an Oscar or something like that. Speaking of get, uh, Taylor Swift gowns, beautiful, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, gowns. Oh yeah, speaking of Taylor Swift, since we're on the topic of Taylor Swift, Kid Rock has some things to say about Taylor Swift on the internet. Um, cause she was recently interviewed as to people ask why she um why she was quiet during the twenty sixteen election, and her response was. You know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to help. Um, literally, millions of people were telling me to disappear, so I disappeared. <laughs> like, help how? She, she didn't endorse Hillary, um, because there was this idea of, you know, the current occupant of the White House has a tendency of weaponizing things, well, that's and one true. of the first things that he weaponized was an endorsement. Like, when people endorsed folks, he would oh, yeah. use that against them. Um, you just gotta know them hits coming. So, yeah, she just decided not to say anything. And so, Kid Rock, who was also pictured hanging out with, yeah, the, he, with the current occupant in the White House, yeah, which is very strange, because, like, how are you going to talk about somebody being a Democrat when you're hanging out with... Anyway, um... I know that guy. Uh, he says Taylor Swift wants to be a Democrat because she wants to be in movies. Period, and it looks like she will suck the the doorknob off of Hollywood Hollyweird to get there. Oldest move in the book. Good luck, girl. Oh, the sexism! <laughs> really, really. I mean, I'm not looking to, to him to be a bastion of equity and equality of the sexes but well i think what he was referring to there was more so her being an opportunist to get but isn't he too an opportunist isn't aren't most famous people opportunists i don't, I don't think all famous people have i didn't say all i said most i don't i don't think i, I there's a difference between it's pot take, calling kettle if you ask me well, where was his opportun- opportunism? Running around with Trump. As but you know, they, they look like two just two two greasy dudes having a good time together in this picture. But I mean, in this current climate, you should know that you know, ha- having an association with the current occupier of, of the Oval Office um, comes with its. It'll it'll get you some play on one side, but it will definitely get you some detractors on the other. Like, there's not that level of general civility that we've had with other people. Like, nobody was that angry with you. You supported George Bush in in the election. Well, maybe after Katrina. But before Katrina. Katrina. (laughs) But before Katrina, everybody was like, okay, all right, you have your ideologies. I don't think the idea, remember we talked earlier about the endorsement being weaponized. um, Because, you know, now that, that that's become a trend, like, that's become a question. Like, did you possibly vote for Trump? I heard some girl was saying that, you know, that's how she vets people that she's, like, dating. She's like, you know, well, you know, the typical questions of, like, you know, what do you do? You know, what's your family life like? Did you vote for Trump? And it's just like, what? previous to that, it didn't seem like that was even a question people really asked. 
I I think even with that now, I have I have to use that in two different in two different ways. Mm-hmm. One, it's all right. Did you? And I guess I have to ask, why you voted for Trump? Because it's like, is it simply because you voted for Trump just because you you lean more Republican and I guess you thought. But then, in the general sense, this one man can't jack up the government that bad, and that there will be at least be enough smart people around him to at least have some semblance of a functional government that at least does most things right. But maybe from a more conservative uh, point of view, cool. That's that's one thing. But now I have to ask the question, and that's and that was cool for you in twenty sixteen. All right, cool. Now that it is twenty twenty nineteen. I also have to ask you the question, did you still think that was a good idea? <laughs> that's what that's what I had to fo- ask the follow-up question. Mm. Do you still? really think did that, that was the best Did that tax break work for you? That was the best Did he ever bring choice. back coal? Like, What's I mean, up with the kids and the the kids in the cages and I'm like grabbing women by the vagina, that sort of thing. I you mean, know. I I get it, I get it. But I see, guess, I guess. I now guess. that you have seen the the errors of of your ways, maybe, maybe you did, or at least seen the damage possible by a semi wannabe tyrant despot that wants to be in office, like. Do you still think that was the best choice for America? But back to Kid Rock and and Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's fucking sexist. I'm sorry. I'm gonna just come out and say it. Saying that a woman is willing to suck the doorknob off of Hollywood is gross and disgusting, and it wouldn't have been said about a man. That would not have been said about a man. It would not have been said. I don't. Make faces if you want to. It would not have been said about a man. And I'm... Within heteronormative language. Sure. Okay, It fine. wouldn't have been. Whatever. But you get my point. You get my point. That it... That's not... Like, he wouldn't have shaped his lips to say anything about, like, you know, a Tom Cruise or a Brad Pitt or... Would he? This is Kid Rock. He says some random, eh. pretty much random stuff. He can go back to the dust from which he's come. Anyway. Um, I know we wasn't wishing death on nobody. <laughs> I didn't say die. I just. <laughs> what is from death from which we come? I, I was, what is dust from which we come he looks, he looks a little filthy. So I was just saying he can go back and roll around in the dirt. Um, but that was it. I wasn't wishing any death on anyone. Um, all right. That's it for the church announcements. Let's get into the mess of the message. Okay, folks, time for the mess and the message. Um, I know we've been talking at length, or culture has been talking at length about mass shootings, um, particularly El Paso, Dayton, Ohio, and Gilroy, California. Um, I think we're... Mm, I... We had an entire show about mass shootings, and it feels like, and I told you guys about the piece that I wrote on Medium about mass shootings, um, and it sucks because I feel like I'm updating it <clears throat> literally every few days. 
It feels like there's another event. It feels like there's another thing. And we know this, we've known this pattern for years now, you know, like it's an established pattern. But the thing that's bothering me about it is the normalcy that we are seeing. Like, it's almost normal. Um, you know, there was, I believe, not not too long ago, like maybe like a day or so ago, that a man was arrested for an alleged attack he was about to carry out on the LGBTQ community. And he had body armor and all this other stuff. And that, like, that's becoming a thing and that's becoming normal. Um, and folks refuse to call it domestic terrorism. They keep saying, oh, it's a lone wolf. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. It's a whole lot of lone wolves out here, if that's the truth. I and saw, then I saw a thing the other day that was, like, talking about that lone wolf piece. And they were like, <laughs> somebody got to realize all these lone wolves came from the same pack. Okay. <laughs> well said. Nothing else to add. <laughs> well said. Like, that, yeah, that, yeah, yes, yes. But apparently, um, politicians don't see it that way. So, I think the thing that got me was, I saw a picture of bulletproof backpacks, like, mm. not too long ago. Like, I've seen it. Yeah. But I to see, I saw an I actual saw one. Yeah. yeah. I saw an actual bulletproof backpack. And I'm like, is this how we are normalizing it? Where it's back to school time. Like some kids are starting next week. Some kids are starting in the beginning of September. And you know, you it's it's fun. You get your notebooks. I remember I loved back, back to school shopping because I was a nerd and I love school. And so you get your little outfit, you get your little backpack, you know, if your other backpack wasn't in tech, which mine usually was, my mom would just send that sucker through the washing machine and boom new backpack here put some pins on it it's <laughs> it still works what that's 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 good economic sense you don't need a new backpack every year okay i'm trying to think did i have whatever you might have he grew up rich um I did not. he doesn't understand poverty i do he's a he is a the republican in this relationship i'm not. the democrat <laughs> i have nowhere near a republican i'm just joking um but, yeah, I, I remember being so excited about that and, like, getting your new pencils and stickers. And my mom would let me get stickers because I like to, like, decorate my notebooks. Um, I was a traffic keeper. I had to have a traffic keeper. I love traffic keepers. Yes, yeah. lots of folders. Um, I was a Lisa Frank girl. I was a Hello Kitty girl, if we could find it. Because back then, Hello Kitty wasn't popping like it is now. Um, but... Yeah, it was all that stuff. So imagine you're going school shopping and you stop in a section for backpacks and there's a bulletproof one. That, that I'm still having, like, that's the thing that, like, rap, that is, like, racking my brain. Because it's like, how have we so normalized this behavior that we are preparing our children to go back to school with backpacks to protect them from bullets when we should be protecting them from bullets with our legislation with our you know discussion with you know limiting access to these things which and then on on the practical side of it is like well how does it even really fully work because i mean you think of the typical classroom environment right you know you you 
do we now have our book bags with us at our desk? Mm. I mean, because if you're in the typical middle of the day, you know, I'm thinking even my elementary elementary yeah. backpack, you know, we it's used on to the hang peg, up. on the yeah. wall, way across the way. We used to hang ours so up, like, too. I mean, not to say that it's any better if you're further away from the situation, right. but then that's not the only chance you got to really go get your backpack. And then what we have, shield defense training? Right. Like, you got to hold your book bag like it's Sparta? Right. Like... You out here. What little kid is gonna think of that? Right. What little child? Like, think I'm thinking about all the little kids I know. When situations like that happen, and there's t- and they're panicking, who is gonna think to hide behind their bulletproof backpack? Like, th- why are we having to train our children for a mass shooting drill? Like, I remember fire drills, you know, things like that. But Tornado. like. No, really we never had to deal with tornadoes. Y'all never had a tornado. Oh, that's y'all northern well, people. And, and urban, urban people as well. well <laughs> northern and urban. Well, we had urban areas in the south that yeah. had to deal with tornadoes. Yeah, no, we never had to deal with tornadoes. So, like, again, There's tons of tornadoes in Pennsylvania. Philadelphia does not experience very many. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. point was, yes, we had tornado drills. Fire, like you said, fire drills. Folks in California would have an earthquake earthquake drill. Which makes sense. Yeah. The, you know, those, those are the type acts of, of God, yeah. yes. Those are the type of drills you, you you account for. Yeah. You don't necessarily try to account for somebody coming in and wanting to take out a whole bunch of eight year olds. Which is which is ridiculous. You know? Like what did what did these kids do to you? And I think like I there was mean, this... kids can be mean. <laughs> kids can be <laughs> Absolutely. But not Somebody, to the point right. of killing them in a be, mass yeah, shooting. You need to have some more like some more self resolve as as a grown adult to not let an eight year old get up under your skin that okay. bad. Even if you had an issue with they with they teaching. Um Okay. Because see, now that as we have grown up, we realize that our teachers are different people. Right. Because your teachers are not t- the teachers of today's youth are also your friends. And then you look at your friends and you're like, How the hell are you a teacher? <laughs> like, <clears throat> like, why are you teaching? Not that they can't teach it, that they're capable. You mean of our, they're our friends as right. adults? Yeah, not the kids' friends. Right. Just for clarity's sake. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. As an adult. Yeah. I had I'm another... looking at some of my teacher friends. Like, how did they let you? Well, how are you? Teaching? But I've never been in your classroom, so. But. And it's not it, to say that. Okay. Now, mind you, not to say that they're not capable teachers and that they shouldn't be teaching. No, that's skills. not what we're saying. It's just we're just that saying that we know funny. them. But we know them as their our, right. their friends. The things they do after hours, you just like they let oh, you for teach. Real? <laughs> and it just makes you think about all the the life that you thought your teachers lived. <laughs> Did you know they just went up. to the grocery store, church, you, and home? Right. You thought all your teachers was like Miss Frizzle. And, oh, Miss Frizzle. <laughs> or like the lady from Jim Henson that only saw the socks. And like, you know, you just thought. Oh, wow. You just thought that was, was Nanny? it. Yeah. You just thought that was like your teacher. Like, they didn't do no more or no less than that. Turning up. But nah, your teacher. Turning <laughs> up. Cutting up. You didn't think that your teacher would be at happy hour at five Listen, PM, or be talking ha- bad about your ass, <laughs> and then be at, and then come back for the football game that late that later at <laughs> night. Yep, yep. But like you didn't Can't think your you. teacher would be that one. So, of all the things that kids think and stuff like that, like the, I think the backpack was the thing that got me. Like, and I don't have children. Like I'm not a mother. 
but like you know being an aunt being a friend being a, a big cousin you know church buddy stuff like that you know just having kids surround me my entire life thinking about them having to like we had to worry about bullies we had to worry about forgetting on an assignment we had to worry about stuff like that these kids have to literally worry about someone coming into their school and shooting them for no reason for no reason like these mass there's you can't wrap your mind around murder in general like i can't but murdering a bunch of babies or teenagers or people who are just at work or people who are sitting in a movie or people who are going to a concert or people who are going to worship people who are going into the a synagogue or a mosque or or wherever people walking around on a college campus like all of those places have experienced a mass shooting people at a festival people just enjoying a nice day out and you gotta worry that someone's having a rough day and so they can take your life it's it's nuts to me it's nuts to me um but unfortunately like i said our um not all of our elected officials feel this way um there's a particular one who i want to talk about today her name is she's the ohio state rep uh named candace keller have you heard about this she sounds like she want to call the manager <laughs> you're rude but you're rude so she took to her personal instagram now mind you she's the state rep in ohio as in you know that had recently experienced their own mass shooting in dayton Right? Mm -hmm. So this is what Miss Candace says. After every mass shooting, liberals liberals start the blame game. Why not place the blame where it belongs? Now, this is a screenshot I'm reading. I'm not reading anyone's article. This has not been doctored up. This is a direct screenshot from the once posted, now immediately deleted Facebook post. The breakdown of the traditional American family. Thank you, transgender, homosexual marriage, and drag queen advocates. Fatherlessness, a subject no one discusses or believes is relevant. The ignoring of violent video games. The relaxing of laws against criminals. Open, uh, parentheses, open borders. The acceptance of recreational marijuana. Failed school policies. Parentheses, hello, parents who who defend misbehaving students. End parentheses. Uh, disrespect of disrespect to law enforcement. Thank you, Obama. <laughs> Hatred. Oh, I see you getting upset. <laughs> Hatred of our veterans. Um, thank you, professional athletes who hate our flag and the national anthem. The Democratic uh, Congress, many members of whom are openly anti-Semitic. The culture, which totally ignores the importance of God in the church until they elect a president. State office holders who have no interest whatsoever in learning about our Constitution and the Second Amendment, and snowflakes who can't accept a duly elected president. Did I forget anybody? The list is long, and the fury will continue. Okay. Can I see the screenshot? (laughs) There's a lot to... There's a lot! There's a lot. There's a lot, and we're going to unpack. Let's unpack, babe. Okay. Um, I... (laughs) Let's, let, I have to start I have to start at the very beginning um, you cannot say or castigate 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 you know I'm just Jackson I make up words 
So, <laughs> at least those didn't rhyme. Um, Castigate folks for blaming, then turn around and blame and make the same blame list. Mm-hmm. So let's all right. So maybe that first statement should have read like, all right, um, let's maybe let's try to clear up where or place blame in proper places. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. She she kind of made an argument, then negated her argument in the first sentence. In the same sentence. Which should have gave the clue as to whatever else was coming after. Whatever us. follows right. is trash. So um, now, we're, right. we, we're going to go ahead and just say across the board that this list is absolute nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. There... I don't see a single place where legitimate blame of mass shootings can be taken. True. Not one legitimate place. You're blaming. We could we could just be blaming anything. Like I could blame I don't know, fracking. <laughs> People choosing ranch over blue cheese. The same people who want to want to choose like you know a table over a booth like you can blame anything. Now, yeah, now <laughs> according to Candace, <laughs> now there are. I'm sorry, Representative Keller. There are. Um, <laughs> there's like there was at least a couple. Not things that that are are right in this, but what do you mean? Um, there are some questionable cultural things that maybe shouldn't need some correction. But they're not to be blamed. You can't blame a mass shooting on those things. Those things deserve. I'm not saying that these things are invalid and don't deserve a conversation. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, what do these things have to do with a mass shooting? Well, I. Not that I believe any one of these in and of themselves leads itself to a mass shooting. Um, and I, if I'm trying to, and I'm really trying to get to where her thought may We don't have to. We're not, we, we, we don't have was. to do that. We don't have to do that. Because this is ridiculous. This is a, a, an exercise in futility. Because this is the game that these particular group of people have been playing since Columbine. Well, you remember is, Columbine? Yeah. I mean, there is... There, there is always cause and effect. That is the law of the universe. Cause and effect. Yeah, but you, you can't argue with a fool. True. You can't argue with a fool. And this right here is the, foolish. She's blaming drag queens. Drag, drag queens. Dra- You're blaming drag queens for mass shootings? How? Show me, show me the line. Show me where those, those, those connect. I never, show, show me where. I've never seen RuPaul with a gun. Okay. But I've seen him look fabulous. <laughs> okay. Transgender, homosexual marriage, and drag queen advocates. So if you've ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race, if you've ever if you've ever watched Pose, you're responsible for mass shootings. What? <laughs> I don't see the line. So like instead of going down and trying to figure out where her mind was, I'm just gonna say. This is a song and a dance that we've been doing since you and I were both children. And we're both fully in our 30s. This, fully and comfortably in our 30s. This is a very large cultural argument about... Um, an argument about what may what she may feel is the greater ills of current society. And then 
throwing it off as a as that being the greater or that being the issue that led to a much more not necessarily centralized or specialized issue within within the whole mass shooting piece mm -hmm. because she doesn't All right, so she, she basically just goes against everybody who ain't like her. Yes. <laughs> this 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 is basically. It. I was waiting for the the n words and the other expletives that well, they no, like that, to call people. There's some there's some times where she could she refers to people. I that was are, I was waiting for those to come rolling out as she waves her Confederate flag behind her. Like what kind of ridiculousness? It's basically looking at looking at people who are different from her and say you're to blame when in fact as you said earlier about the meme that you saw about the wolves the wolves are coming from a specific pretty specific i'm not gonna say every single mass shooting is the same you know because there are there are some and we, we've gone through these statistics before there are some tendencies okay <laughs> They, if I was looking at the data, there are some points. And there is data. There, there is a lot of data that has been collected. There are some repeating data points that would lead me to assume that there is a particular trend mm -hmm. that I can see within mm -hmm. the data mm -hmm. that would tend to suggest mm -hmm. a particular <laughs> You're being a so particular integer plays a certain amount of role. White people. And given... <laughs> I said it. He didn't say it. I said it. I said it. Particularly white men. I mean, to, to her point, <laughs> to her point where she makes about, um, I don't know how relaxing of laws against criminals equals open borders, but okay, immigration and just criminal laws. But we can talk about some relaxing of some, some laws, two though. Different, two different things. Yeah, but, yeah um, those, those were two different things. But even if I take that one argument, None of the last, even let's take the recent five, none of those were committed by an undocumented immigrant. In I just fact, want to put that out there. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I don't think that the last few hundred of these <laughs> were committed by any un, undocumented anything. No, no. Or even no. criminals. I don't think that any of these people who Most commit these mass shootings. I don't think that some had a record. Some, but not yeah. all. Like the one, the last one. Um, I don't know if that was Gil. This is this is crazy to me that we have to sit and parse, because the next closest. I I, I just I just read this. The next closest country to us in mass shootings. It's not even close. Like we're at like something like two fifty something. The next closest it ha they've had three. Three in the last year, three of them joins. We've had 250-something, and that's not even counting the violence that happens, the gun violence that happens day to day, you know? Mass shooting, I, th I believe that a certain amount of people have to be shot first mm. before it's considered a mass shooting. But then, to her other point <laughs> about, she complaining <laughs> about mem members of Congress who they, who they say are not of, because here, here's, here's what the term most of the time, when, when conservatives use the term anti-Semitic, anti they don't support Israel. Right. 
So they just don't give a blanket statement just for Israel. Like everything Israel did was right. Which even God didn't even say everything that Israel did was Come right. Come on, Pastor. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was the whole. You got out. You, you jacked up, started worshiping idol gods. I sent you over there to the Persians and Nebuchadnezzar to work that stuff out for a little while. Then I brought you back out again. Like, even God I mean, had an issue look with at, the Israelites. Look at Judges. When they, when they <laughs> look did at stuff Judges. Wrong. We'll show you that. So, it's not, it's not to be anti-Semitic or it's not anti-Semitic. non-Christian. Let's okay. just go listen. Non-Christian to, like... Be critical. Critical analysis yes. of the actions of I get it. Nobody wants to live, you know, well, maybe as a black person. I get it. Nobody wants to live under the constant threat of, yes. of bombs or somebody something yes. else. As by black other people, people, we understand that. I get it. Yes. I don't we ne- understand. I that. don't necessarily agree either with the Palestinians just shooting bombs across the border all the time either way. But I cannot look at it. At, Outside of the fact of, well, what may have pushed them to consider that this was an appropriate action? So I have to look at both sides. Here. Gotta look at both. So and I can and I can label lay um, lay critical analysis on each side where it may lay. No one is perfect. So, but to her point about yeah. the anti-Semitic members of Congress, those are just ones who just may not say. I don't. What it's really saying is those folks who just don't blanket agree with everything Israel right. does just because it's Israel. Which cool, but to her point, the people that end up putting the swastikas on the Jew stuff, okay, ain't okay. the liberals. That is not the liberals. <laughs> that ain't us. It's y'all. y'all. That's y'all's fault. It's That's you. them red hat wearing. It's that extra fringe to the right. Of your folk. Oh, the, the very over, good people on both sides. Yeah. Those folk. That yeah. go out there and do that. Yeah. That ain't us. So why are you blaming me for that? That's not, not us. One Democrat Judah said this that, that says, Yeah, we ought to put we ought to put all the Jews back in uh back in the back in the concentration camp. No. That's that's not us. One Democrat that said that. Not one Democrat, not one blue wearer, not even the purples. You have to get into the full blown reds. Now get on over there to that good deep dark bright reddish red (laughs) over there. Red, red, red. red. Mm -hmm. On that on them good dark web websites and Mm -hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Not even that dark. Some of them are on Twitter. Damn your folk. That's your folk, Candace. Get see, now that's that's misplaced blame right there. Now, completely misplaced blame. So there's, All of this is misplaced blame. All of it. Every bit of it. I want to talk, though. I have to talk personally about the violent video games. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's my, here's my gripe. I have played video games almost all my life since I've had thumbs. So mm-hmm. <laughs> since I've had thumbs, um, played Mario atari like i remember atari i remember the joystick i remember all this i remember duck hunt i feel like duck hunt was probably the start of the violent video game but man you <laughs> had that, big old that little gun. red gun that little red gun. gray gun thought you was something yeah listen and <laughs> the little dog would stand up <laughs> but like i've played doom Everybody. I've played Call of Duty. With the David Busters shot up everything in I've played Halo. I've played all these games. And here's the thing. You don't see me running around in the streets threatening violence and hatred and all this stuff like that. Again, misplaced 
Blaine, Pokemon Go has done nothing to you. Mario Kart has done nothing to you. Let's see. Crash Bandicoot has done nothing to you. You can't take one and then not make extrapolations to the other. To your point, they talk about shooter games as being the violent ones, right? Mm -hmm. Now, every game has you do something that you probably shouldn't do in real life. Like Tomb Raider. (laughs) Right. Which is one of my favorite games. You should not just be jumping off cliffs from like 3,000 feet Mm-mm. and then thinking you're going to land and just fly. or And land over a tiger. Like what? Okay. <laughs> it's a tiger. And you get killed. And you get killed by a tiger. And you get killed by a tiger in the zoo. Just by the big guys will feel. All right. So, but it's like, I know that I am not a professional race car driver. Although I played Gran Turismo, I live. I was. I had a steering wheel and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, they even had like some races where it was on real streets, but you do not see me. Okay. In my Hyundai Elantra, <laughs> out here <laughs> trying to trying to, trying to race people as if this is Gran Turismo. I understand. That Although was a video game, that game was fun. And then there is a speed limit mm-hmm. out here where I'm at. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Mortal Kombat, just as violent. I was kicking oh. Look, I would kick somebody in the air, jump up, and kick them again like 13 times while they was in Wait, the air. Wait, but then you pull their head, their skull, out of, and right. with, with their just, with their um spine right. out their back. Just pull it all the way out. Like, first of all... With your you, hands. Like, how do you even do that? How do you even do like, that? How, like, how that's that, not actually real, how guys. How that work? We all understand that's not real. We've Reminds played these me, games. Reminds me of that thing, Dave Chappelle, like on Blue Street. Be like, just reach it to your tongue and pull it out. Be like, ha! <laughs> what? <laughs> now you gotta go back and watch that. Dave Chappelle. Oh, God. <laughs> he was talking about this move that he did. He like, reach in and pull somebody's tongue out. Then he just poked their eyes out. It was, it was funny. <laughs> like, stuff that don't happen in real life. It doesn't happen like, in real life. But you don't see me walking down the street. Karate chopping people. <laughs> Who just, like cut just, you off in traffic. Right. Like, no. Don't you just do don't that. see me walking down the street talking about finish him. Pow! Kick him in the, kick him in the traffic. No, no one does these you things. You don't see me do that? No. You don't see. Just because so, I play a lot of NBA 2K. Oh, God. Don't mean I'm just walking up in the office dunking on people. <laughs> on, the way, on the way to the copier. It's like we like walking down the hall next thing you know you got somebody in a post move. Boom, boom, spin move. Dang, what you want, son? Oh my gosh. Throw this shit to Shredder again, son. You ain't ready for me. <laughs> but like that's this is the type of ridiculousness. Like I know we're having a good laugh, but this is the type of ridiculousness that legislators on that side have been blaming these mass shootings on for for decades now Mm -hmm. decades and it's like it's really not getting work done and it's people like representative keller who trouble me you know the bodies weren't even cold in dayton when she wrote this the bodies weren't even cold the some of the families hadn't even been notified before she went on this rant and even her own other representatives have called for her to step down like ma'am First of all, log, delete and log off. Secondly, we, can you please hand, hand us your keys, hand us your job? Because this just shows who you really are. The, if you're going to write something, write an impassioned note. 
reach out to the families, show some love, show some concern, show some care. Like I said, the bodies weren't even cold when this happened. When you decided to go on this rant about liberals and the blue and gay people and marijuana advocates and Obama. Obama is out here skiing in like the French Riviera. He's out here, not skiing, water skiing in the French Riviera. He's out here living his best life, looking moisturized, drinking his water and minding his business with his beautiful wife. He is not, like, I don't, I, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that we're still blaming Obama for stuff when this president has been in place for almost four years. And also, <clears throat> just, first of all, even if you want to blame Obama for this, which is not, which is a very hard stretch to blame All Obama. of these are hard stretches. And, They're blaming drag well, queens for mass shootings. No, to, to necessarily blame Obama for disrespect to law enforcement, because that was that's a problematic statement in and of itself. What she wants is unquestionable leader, unquestionable leadership of 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 white folks. But that's even, what it feels like. But even to that point, it's not disrespectful to law enforcement to ask law enforcement not to disrespect me. That is that is that that's legit. That is not a that's disrespectful legit. thing to ask. That's legit. Like, let's let's let let's let this ride both ways. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but let's let but down to to her sec, to her last point. Um, about who who can't accept the duly elected the snowflakes in particular and, and this whole Second Amendment and the Constitution. Now, the Constitution was meant. The fact that we have, I think, we up to twenty five, twenty six amendments. Is that it's supposed to be a, that is the beauty of it, is that it is a living, breathing document. That nothing, there was certain intention at the very beginning, yes. But as it is supposed to move and shift and, shift and change, and change mm-hmm. to reflect mm-hmm. the time and the people in which it is supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. That's why there was an amendment process made to it. Mm-hmm. So, I get now. Let's let's go back to the time in which the Second Amendment was was. <laughs> All right, this was right around right before we have a a start of a war of independence between the colonies and uh, and and Great Britain. I get it, and there was a certain amount of. Um, war at that point was a different type of situation. Mm-hmm. There was really no standing military at the time in which mm-hmm. this was written, because mm-hmm. even the Continental Army was just a was a collection of everybody's state militias right. put together on stuff. Right. So when he talks about the whole of a well-regulated militia, cool. All right, I get it. Now, your well-regulated militia at this point is called the U.S. military and all its five branches. <laughs> all right? <laughs> that, is, that is your well-regulated militia. And it's very well-regulated. All right? Yeah. Now, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying that, you know, so, you know, that a government of the people, by the people, should be forced people, and then if the government ceases not to be forced people, it's within the people's right to then for dissolve its own government. All right, I get it. And you feel like I can't dissolve my government with my without having my gun because they got the, you know, the government has its military and how, you know, how that fight goes. Now, as you have seen in other countries, 
<laughs> if the military wants to take over, the military, military will take, take over. over. <laughs> All right? Because at this point in time in life, you with your AK is not going to beat the drone and the satellite. Okay? They, they You won't see them. You won't beat the drone, the satellite, or the tank. You it won't. Just, you just ain't going to do it. You won't see them. Now. You won't see them coming. Now, we have a beautiful democracy here and that we would think that the military would stay the hell out of it. Should there be, we get to a point where our democ- our constitutional process has dissolved to the, to the point in which there needs to be a new uh, a new um, constitution made, but there's 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 still some process around that. Mm-hmm. All right, and we would we would tend to think that you know our military would stay out of the interior local stuff and just mm-hmm. make sure that the borders itself we are protected as a country. Nothing crazy happens as a country, mm-hmm. and that there's still some some sort of order to that. Mm-hmm. But that that would be a whole bunch of breakdowns before we got there. Now, so to that point, there's a whole long road that you got to travel now. To the point where you have to worry about the U.S. military right. getting to that point. Now, mind you, we done took a couple steps down that road. Just a few. But Just a few. But there's a still a long way to go. It's a lot of runway, guys. We got a huh. lot. We got a long way to go. So to that point, I understand, and I and I've had this conversation with others in my family too about because I don't think that when it says that 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 Second Amendment should, I'm for gun ownership. Let me put it that way. I believe that as you as a private citizen should be able to have a gun for your own protection, for, you know, for hunting, that type of stuff. You do not need to have Call of Duty type weapons for the more for the general point of your life. All right. You do not need to have Call of Duty weapons. Neither do you need to have Call of Duty weapons to try to take over the military. Because why? You are not trained on Call of Duty weapons. You were trying to go against the most. Now you have look. Listen to the value of your argument. You said that we have the most developed, lethal, trained military that the world has ever seen. Ever seen. And you and your band of random, randos <laughs> of commando Chuck Norris wannabes is all of a sudden. Gonna run over the Pentagon? It's not happening. Nigga, from here? <laughs> it's not happening. From here? It's okay. not happening. It's not happening. That's not happening. It's not <laughs> happening. There is no reason why you need military grade weapons. Because at the end of the day, if they just want to take your house out, we're just going to shoot the tank and let's move on. <laughs> and we're done. It's and not. Done. It's not. Ha- but also, when this Second Amendment was written... Guns were single loaders. We were still firing musket balls. With you know gunpowder. <laughs> you had to put the gunpowder in it. You got hit by you a metal take, ball. You had to hit the you had to take the little uh It's like a ski ball hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little ski ball hitting yeah. you in the leg. It's like, like what? Got, it's like somebody throwing ski balls at Dave and Busters. Oh god. Like you just out there, poo. Oh shit. <laughs> I got hit upside the head by a musket ball. But like this is this is these are these but this is these are the words of an elected official, and that's the thing that Talk like, about troubles learn me. your constitution. You learn, need to learn, you your, learn your, your constitution, constitution okay? <laughs> a, a, amongst a lot of other things, because you know, of all the things we could blame Pose for, which you know, fabulousness, entertainment, people understanding people, sweeping the award shows. I'm not blaming Pose. 
for for mass shootings. Okay, it's like I, I just I'm blaming the things that I blame it on access to guns, just being able to walk in Walmart, walk past you know the twelve ninety nine denim skirts and the 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 two ninety eight packs of M and M's candy and go straight to get a gun. I'm blaming that. Access to guns. It should not be more harder to get a um, to get a driver's license than it is hi, to get a gun. We're getting married, right? I'm, we're getting married in September, right? It's going to be harder for me to change my name than for me to get a gun. And we're getting married. No one has to die for, for us to get married. But, like, for me to get a Back weapon. Back in the day, a fatty calf would. But then there's one more thing I want to address. One more thing I want to address. And that's something that Candace didn't say, but, you know, the current occupant of the White House is, is implying um, when he talks about the video games and all these other things and what he wants to blame. Um, people are placing a lot of blame on mental illness. They're blaming mental illness. Um, they're saying there's this mental illness crisis, which there is. There is a mental illness crisis in our time. People are more stressed out. People are more depressed. People have a lot of anxiety. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a crisis um, because we have more access and we're, we're, we're inundated with information or if this has always been going on and we now have the vocabulary to describe the situations that people have been living in. But there is a mental illness crisis. I don't blame that on mass shootings because here's the thing. If everyone is stressed out and if everyone has, you know, you know, is depressed and if everyone has anxiety, then why isn't everyone committing mass shootings? It's like, it, it's like, oh, you have a cold. No, and let me not use that example. It's, it's, it bothers me because I feel like there will be more violence and more perpetrators of said violence since you know mental illness falls along the lines of different ages different ethnicities different gender and, and sexual uh, orientation spectrums mm. like that falls along the there's so many people walking around depressed there's so many people who are managing their anxiety like, i'm just picking those two mm. um and very few of them are committing these crimes very few of them. You know, a lot of them, do they just want to they just want to live a normal life? And I feel like it's unfair to blame that particular I I know he's not blaming that particular group, but he's blaming mental illness. And so people who are suffering from mental illness kind of find they see themselves in that group. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's fair. I don't think I I, I think it's absolutely wrong. I think that it's a myriad of other things that we are too afraid not not us per, per se like us here sitting here on this couch mm. but our culture is too afraid to deal with because here's the truth the truth of the matter is america has always been violent there's always been mass shootings it just hasn't always been white people being killed True. there's always been mass shootings there's always been a gun problem there's always been violence at the hands of one particular group against a whole lot of other folk it just didn't affect the suburbanites and you know these different groups that you know the media t t tends to 
paid more attention to, you know? Or at least sympathized with. Like, I named, I can't remember, but there were like 10, 10 or 11 in that piece that I was talking about earlier. 10 or 11 different mass murders that occurred with just white people killing black people. And we didn't even do shit. Literally. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. They were just like, oh, I don't like the fact that they have these towns springing up. You know, you know, that whole uh, Black Wall Street situation. The, the Tulsa riots. They called it the Tulsa race riots, but it really wasn't a race riot. It was a mass murder. They literally went in and murdered folk. Just, just because. Just because. You know, there was... Um, well, if, if I must... If we have to, if we have to bring in mental illness about it, I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even call it mental, an illness per se. I would probably say, it is, the mental ability to deal, with. Either a change. Of status or placement, or okay. in other words, we would probably term, fragility. That's so interesting that you bring that up because it was a study done by Eric Madfis. Um, Who that? A social scientist. All right. um, I'm, I'm putting the link in the description box, guys, so you can read these things for yourself. But study done by Eric Madfis that says the triple, the triple privileges of white heterosexual masculinity, which makes subsequent life course, life course losses more unexpected and thus more painfully shameful, ultimately buckle under the failures of downward mobility and result in a final cumulative act of violence to stave off subordinated masculinity. So. (laughs) What he's saying is, let's say you're a 17-year-old kid and you're walking around Parkland, um, Parkland High School, and the girl that you've been trying to talk to, she finally has had enough of you harassing her and she lets you know for the 80th time in a very emphatic way she's not into you she doesn't want to date you she doesn't like you you go get your gun and shoot up the entire school because your fragility your because you're supposed to get the girl because in your mind you've always been the hero you're on you're on the cover of magazines you're the hero in all the books. You're the hero in all the movies. Your, your face is on coins. Every time you've seen a person who looks like you, who represents you, you win. So when you lose, it hurts your masculinity. You don't know how to handle it. So what do you do? You punish everyone. First of all, bruh, you need to be realistic. Not even, I didn't even think that every, every young lady that I was going to talk to or I thought was attractive would immediately think that I was attractive. I didn't think that. But, That's why there's 50 million people in the world. But not just focusing on that. <laughs> just not, not just focusing on that. Just thinking about, you know, the men who think that, oh, they're coming to, ta- they're coming to take our jobs. Or why am I not the center of attention in the American political system anymore? Because when you've had privilege... When you've had privilege all your life... And your daddy had privilege... And your daddy's daddy had privilege... And your daddy's daddy had privilege... When you get to a point where that privilege is now shared, it feels like you're losing. But I, I, I think it's something a little bit deeper. It's a little bit deeper. Because 
I think it's more of a you have to be careful about what you did in in your points of power and privilege. I'm not afraid to be on the underside if if in the power structure I at least treated the underside decent and fairly. But is it the underside if you're sharing? If it's equity. Right. But it's but not I'm, necessarily the underside. It's that you're at the top floor because your elevator has gone up, but suddenly everyone else's elevators are coming up. Right, so I would assume it, I, I would do it like this way. So let's let's take the royal family in in England per se. Right? Okay. All right. So they've been royals for all their life. Right. Now, if they treated their subjects like crap the whole time, Mm-mm. I would feel a little bit different if my subjects kind of rose up a little bit and was like, eh, all right. Time to take over the or I had to somehow for some reason come back down to the level of a subject. But isn't that different from what's happening in the American political system, where now instead of full rooms being just white men, particularly old wealthy white men, and you look around and now there's younger people, there's younger voices, there's gay, there's you know, there's straight, there's there's transgender, there's there, there's women, there's mothers there's daughters of son like is it so many different folks it's about your perception of what you think of power it's not necessarily that just you it's different people in the room right is that when it's just when you are no longer the the majority in the room because as long as you're still the majority in the room you'll you can still sway the vote but at the same time there's also white men who think like Yo, equity is what's up. Like right. that's where we should be at. Right now, but I'm not saying all white people think like this. I'm just oh, saying, I'm not saying that yeah, either. I'm no, saying no, that I'm not in saying the general that either. context of this, we're not saying that either. <laughs> in the general context of this, people who have right, people who have that are most afraid of a power transition, yeah. are usually afraid of what their life is going to be like. Right. After the transition happens, right, based on how they treated, what, how right. they treated the people who and are no, who are not in power, that makes sense. So when that shift happens, it's like, well, are you right. going to repay me for all the shit I've been doing, right, <laughs> for hundreds and hundreds since we got of here, years, <laughs> which shows that they know that they did something wrong. Hence, why there was such a, such the issue with Reconstruction. Oof. <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to take. We're gonna have to have that conversation. That's another, another time for another That's day. That's another topic for another <laughs> day. Um, but basically, like, what was your name, Keller? Representative. Candace. Yes, Representative. Um, Keller. The second caller of the manager after Karen. Ooh, you're rude. <laughs> Ooh, that was rude. Ooh, <laughs> so rude. Um, Shout they, out to all the Karens in the world. You cool people. They're, they're, Except one, for the ones that had that bob haircut and call it a manager. So yes, yes, I think you need to. God loves you too, I think Karen. you need to go ahead and. I think you need to go ahead and step down from your position because this all this whole Facebook thing is crazy. All I right. love you too, Karen, but stop calling the manager. <laughs> all right, so that's the end of the best of the message. Let's get into blacks in the deep end and the wrap up rant. Hey, y'all, hey, time for the wrap-up rant. So, recently in an interesting uh, article in, what was that, Cosmopolitan, it was hinted by one Iggy Azalea, um, Australian rapper with a Mississippi 
uh, accent, uh, Florida, Alabama accent. Still trying to figure out how that happened. Um, yeah, this co- this discussion of cultural appropriation that she she's kind of over the discussion of it, which you know, being a white face in a black art form, you're gonna kind of have to deal with that. Um, especially with the Florabama accent, because we have questions. Um, we didn't question Paul Wall when he had a grill. I had questions. I had a lot of questions, but cultural appropriation was not one of them. I was just like, where in the hell did you come from? Um, so she said, you could, in in the magazine, she said, you could ask one person of the same race, does this affect you? And they will say yes, but another person will say no. Um, they could be from the same place, same everything but have different perspectives on it um, when talking about cultural appropriation. So it sounds, it's implied that she said that it was subjective. I don't see a direct quote that's where it says that she says that cultural appropriation is subjective. So I'm going to be a little bit more lenient. Um, but for the writers of Cosmo, first of all, what are you doing? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Um, what a ridiculous question. Like, Okay, if you're going to talk about, like, you know, the things that she has to face with the discussion of cultural appropriation, fine, whatever, what have you. However, you're kind of stirring the fire on a girl who's already gotten a lot of press and a lot of grief from this whole cultural appropriation conversation. She's already, like, she's already gotten a lot of grief from it a lot of people have said the same exact things and however you may feel about Iggy Azalea that's fine whatever one thing that is not subjective is cultural appropriation however um how you feel about a thing does not dictate if it's true that means somebody can be racist to you somebody can be homophobic or bigoted to you and it doesn't bother you but it's still homophobic bigoted or racist like, someone can call me the N-word, which happens regularly on the internet because cowards. Because um, they could never call you that to your face. Um, unless they want to be canceled, which is a, we'll be talking about in a second. But, you know, I could laugh about it and call them th- that name back. <laughs> or I could be offended about it and write a stink piece about it. You know, just because I feel a certain way about a thing doesn't make it any more or less true happens like it's it's an occurring thing and so just I would say to Iggy and definitely to the writer of this Cosmo piece that just because one person feels one way about it or not doesn't make it any more or less cultural appropriation it's still cultural theft it's still stealing from a culture in order to benefit yourself it's still an icky thing to do it's just you know some person might not be bothered by it. And that's your own prerogative. You're bothered by what you're bothered by. However, you know, that doesn't diminish the thing. That's like the people who say, you know, I'm speaking my truth. That bothers me. Because I don't believe in that people can own a truth. I believe that people can own a perspective. I believe that people can own a prerogative. I believe that people can own a view of a thing. Mm-hmm. I believe that people can see a facet of a thing or have their experiences. 
But to say that I'm speaking a truth implies that you can, you can own a truth. But truth in and of itself cannot be owned because truth is the truth. truth well, and here's the thing. What people sometimes, and this is the thing that trips me up. When people say that this is my truth, if you believe a lie, it could be true. It's true for you. But that does not make it the truth. It's still a lie. If that makes any sense. Right. I mean, to, to some of your point, I get that. Like when folks believe that the earth was flat. No, it's round. Well, it's definitely well, it's, round. Cir- it's or spherical. spherical in nature. It's not a perfect Lord. circle. Spherical in nature. Oh, it has sh- everything out there has some sort of spherical shape or three dimensional type deal. Everything. 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 So all, Nothing's flat. We ain't there. found a square planet yet. Have not found a <laughs> pancake planet yet. Nope. No. So, so that's what it is. But to to your point about truth and this whole thing about the whole conversation around cultural appreciation. Appropriation. For, appropriation. So for me, it's what is what is the larger conversation between and as you point, pointed out with the truth piece, is like, well, what where is our kind of demar- line of demarcation mm-hmm. between where it goes from what some would consider or what would be appropriately considered co- cultural appreciation and to what is cultural appropriation. Because if there is to be a truth, there has to also then be a false. There cannot be truth without a false. So there has to be a line at which something ceases to be true and then becomes false. So there has to be an area in here in which something either goes from an appreciation of the culture to where it becomes an appropriation of the culture. Mm -hmm. And there has to be some clarity Mm -hmm. around this discussion. And I think maybe that's where she was trying to make some implication as in to say, you can ask two people and you get two different answers and they come from the same situation. Yeah, but that doesn't make it any less true. True. So to your point, that doesn't make it something any less true, but we got to get down to what is, to your point, the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the truth and what we say? What is and what is it? Mm. What is the truth and what is false? Mm. So I think once some of those things have been more clearly defined, because mm. there's a lot of gray in that conversation, which leads to the depending on who you're at, because the gray just came in. But it's not it's not based upon your opinion. Like it happens. There's there, there's here. So we're talking about two different things. We're talking about it. What if is cultural appropriation a thing based upon people's feelings? And oh. I'm like, no, it's not based upon your feelings. It is a thing that happens. Now you can have your feelings about it, which is a separate conversation. Right. Um, you can say like, oh, this doesn't bother me at all, or you can say this bothers me a lot, or you can say, you know, it bothers me a little bit. You know, whatever. That's where the shades of gray come into play. Mm. What is black and white is that cultural appropriation happens right and it is a thing right and i agree with you there yeah but i guess but the truth or then within that is Mm -hmm. where what does where do we say this happened right what is the truth of what what is our statement of facts that says right this like one plus one is two and we know that's true Mm -hmm. because anytime i put one and one together i I get two. two So that, that is a statement of fact. There is facts that I put right. one and one together, I get two. Right. That is going to be the truth. Right. Now, I can either, I can feel how I want to feel about how a one and one got to be two. Right. And either I can, two. I either can like two or be, be offended by two. 
but, but it's still two. But the facts are still that if I put one and one together, I get two. So maybe that that's probably what needs to happen in the context of this conversation. Yeah. There needs to be some agreed upon set of facts right. here that says, all right, when X, Y, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever ever happens, that disqualifies right. Right. <laughs> as an appropriation or disqualifies right. as an appreciation. Right. So once we kind of get that settled a little bit, I think that makes that whole conversation of what is appropriation and what was somebody trying to appreciate maybe gone a little wrong, right. <laughs> you know, right. a little more tolerable to folks. Right. And it's not seeming like anytime somebody who's not of a particular uh, who didn't grow up in that culture or may not have a strong, direct connect to that or culture any or any connection to that culture, does, says, looks, wears right. anything right. that isn't that is outside of their cultural context. Right. Because what it to me as sometimes the, the thing has devolved into. All right. If you stay in your cultural context, I know there's 90,000 other cultures out here. But you only wear what you like, and I get it's it's almost like even within cultures, like all right, bruh, if you ain't from New York, don't wear Tim's everywhere. That ain't your cultural context, <laughs> like. But that's I feel like that's completely different from a person who comes along and takes literally takes something from a group. Girls at Coachella who wear the headdresses of Native Americans, despite the fact that Native Americans have been very clear that those headdresses are sacred, that they're only given to a certain group of people, and that they're, that's reflective of their not only just their culture, but their faith, their practices, their people, their history. And they want to wear them at Coachella because it makes them look cool because they're running around in fields. All right. So, so that to me, is the stuff that I'm talking right. about. So to me, that is a clear case of appropriation. Yes. Because you can appreciate Native American culture without offending them. Right. Because, see, there was there was a certain certain set of things that says if I appreciate the culture, then I, I would then, not do because, X, Y and because Z. I understand why this particular piece of right. clothing or something like that right. is worn right. within the context of that particular culture. Or, let's use black culture, for example. We get called, black women get called, have been called hyster- uh, historically ghetto or unprofessional for the way we style our hair. If we wear cornrows, if we wear braids, if we were any, for years, it was if you wore anything other than straight hair, which for all intents and purposes, some people are born with straight hair, but not all of us. Not all right. not all black women are born with straight hair. Some of us are. A lot of us aren't. But you're telling a lot of people how your hair grows out of your hair naturally or the styles in which you put it in to make it more manageable and appealing are not professional. Flip the coin over and the Calabasas clan, they wear braids and they wear um, cornrows or they wear you know, Bantu knots and then rename them as, you know, mini buns or boxer braids or uh, Bo Derek braids as opposed to Fulani braids, which have been around for thousands of years. Literally, hi, I'm going to come and take your culture because it makes me look cool and it makes me look edgy and it makes me look like I'm brave and I'm challenging the, st- the stigma and the stereotypes while your culture still is getting pooped on about how they wear their hair. That's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Well, it's not just aesthetics. It's I it's it's for some type of capital, whether it be culturally so I could seem like I'm cool, I'm hip, I'm down. 
while I'm not doing anything to even show appreciate, not even show legitimate appreciation to your culture. Like I'm not out here, you know, marching for black lives. Not that you necessarily have to. I mean, but do, like, does I'm she not, have to play march for black lives? That, if she I does. just said that not that she necessarily has to. I'm saying that like. You don't necessarily have to do that. And I'm not mad at the girls who come back from vacation and they've, you know, they got their hair braided, even though they look completely ridiculous and foolish. But they, they do. Their hair doesn't stay. Then there's a reason why their hair doesn't stay. I mean, well, everybody. Well, first of all, you need to realize that everybody's hairstyle isn't it's conducive for you. to every. Everything every, isn't for you. Every we style. had this show already. You know, we every, talked about that. Every hair type. And texture is not conducive for every hairstyle. Okay. Like me, I I grew out a fro one time, and I'm not gonna have like that, like the the real like I would try to have to get like a blowout or something <laughs> for because my hair is real curly. It's and very I, curly. And I, and I grew beautiful curls. And I I grew out a fro in like seventh eighth grade one time, and it got really hot. Because it just started growing in on itself. It didn't. It, didn't, <laughs> it got it, dense. Yeah, it got it got to that old Steve Harvey length. Oh no! And it just it that's where all it went. It didn't go any further out. You no matter to blow it out. No matter how hard I picked it, it's like now nah, I gotta go to the chair and get a blowout. And I'm sitting there two chairs down from my mom. We all in the salon <laughs> together. I'm out here trying to get a blowout just so I can have an afro. My hairstyle wasn't no naturally conducive. Right. For 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 an afro, and I had right. to realize that, and I was like, "All right, cool. Well, I'll it's, cut it low." It's also like the you know the kimono thing, like when we talked about the lingerie line or the shapewear line that came out uh, called kimono, and then like, there were like different names for different products that were based upon Japanese culture, Japanese colors, and color patterns. And if you don't know anything about Jap- Japanese color patterns or kimono culture, you wouldn't think anything of it. But like they they've they're so aware they're so culturally aware and culturally sensitive of their their processing that even their colors have like significant meaning because you know you have artisans who've trained under maybe 10 other folks like you know someone's great 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 granddaddy opened up this shop for this for the making of this type of dye for the making of this type of color and it's it means a lot to them and you come and you put you just plaster that name on a random brown that you have like that's that's the type of stuff i'm talking about it's it doesn't have to offend you to be the thing that it is mm-hmm. and I, I think we need to to divorce our feelings from it and because a lot of times i'm not offended like i've become so immune to people calling me bad names on the internet that it's just it is what it is now let somebody come and say it to my face (laughs) it might carry a little more weight well i think that's different and i think feelings can't be completely divorced from it because i think the i think that's that is part of what what makes something right or wrong is a feeling toward it not necessarily because you know you could feel a way like remember we were talking about jeffrey epstein earlier who passed away um you could feel the way you want about it but the fact is the man committed suicide in a jail cell like you could feel how you want about it right your feelings you know you some folks run around happy i personally am not happy but i have my own reasons for not being happy about it um you know and that does not change the fact that he did that that this thing has happened 
So I think when I say divorce your feelings from it, I'm saying that the truth is the truth no matter how you feel about it. We can't make alternative facts or fake news about it because the truth will always be the truth. This thing happens. This thing is real. This thing is tangible. We can point to examples. We can see how this has happened and the effects that it we already have all that information um now how you feel about it is a different matter is all i'm trying to say yeah okay cool um blacks in the deep end do you have any black people you want to shout out when you're talking about a pool Earl doesn't support anything that I actually do. He doesn't actually even listen to this show. Not even the episodes that he's on. So he doesn't even know what Blacks in the Deep End is. Um, Shout out to the constant love and care and support that I receive from my husband-to-be. It's completely reciprocated from the love and the the kindness that I show him. First of all, don't be like that. You know I make funnies on your show. So what's Blacks in the Deep End? Black people in the deep end. What do we talk about in that segment? Black people in the deep end. Which is? Black people in the deep end. He has no idea. See, I show you no support. So, for all of you others who don't support, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. You guys are supportive. Um, Naomi Osaka has reclaimed her world number one spot in tennis. Um, that, that girl is just... She's so cute, and she's just killing it in tennis. I'm super proud of her. Uh, Simone Biles will not let her foot up off your neck. She's still performing and outperforming folks in gymnastics. All the golds. Look, all of them. All of them. All of them. Gold's all in my... What's this? How's the song go? You know it. Gold all in my... Something. Something like Rings. Gold all in my rank. Gold all in my chains? Yeah, gold all in my chains. Gold all in my watch? Don't believe we just watched. Why do I know it? <laughs> Earl Earl says I listen to yoga music and music about people singing about bikes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's. <laughs> I just want to ride on a bike. That is not what I listen Down to. Down the street and make a laugh at the Chipotle. <laughs> at the Chipotle. I listen to soothing music. It soothes me when Take I'm riding. Take a ride on the trail on my bike. <laughs> not like that cross the city see the sunset nice all right get off of get it get off of my podcast i don't appreciate any of this at Two all wheels pedals and my bike all right so my camera along <laughs> with me and my bike having a nice ride up the trail on my bike oh oh my bike oh my bike random guitar in the background bike oh my bike a flute somewhere a bike oh my bike just me and my pictures and my bike all right so to wrap up the show my bike oh my (laughs) bike to wrap up the show that tire with my bike oh my god i'm so sorry you guys i walked up a trail because i couldn't go nowhere on my bike Found an old abandoned house up on the hill. Walked inside, fell down to the floor. <laughs> oh my God, what kind of story is this? <laughs> no, we have to end the show. So, no, major love to Toni Morrison. Um, this week, she passed away at the age of 88. Um, 
a juggernaut, a legend, a pillar in American literature. Um, and I was surprised to learn how many folks had never even heard of Toni Morrison before. Um, when I say a legend, I mean a legend, a legend in the literary world. Um, and it's, this is not just a loss for black Americans. Um, or black literature. This is a loss for American literature. She lived a full and beautiful life. And so shout out to her. Some of my favorite quotes by Toni Morrison um, is the function of freedom is to free someone else. Uh, You don't have to love me, but you damn well have to respect me. That's from her work, God Help the Child. And then one of my favorite is love is or it ain't. Thin love ain't love at all. And yeah, so major love and respect to the legend Toni Morrison. We would like to thank, I would like to thank, because it's just me, Earl, for joining me today. Now Everybody let, give a round of applause. Now let the people thank me too. Okay, you guys can thank him as well, if you're so inclined. Um, let me know if you want him back on the show. He was really annoying today, but... <laughs> They never really want me on this They show. love you on this show. I don't know why. They're like, when are you going to talk to Earl again? I don't know why either. I get emails. I get tweets. When is Earl ain't coming no, on the show? I ain't no emails or tweets. I, I get, I'm telling you, they hit me up. Ask I about ain't never you. seen them. You don't, you don't even, we're not going to do this. I've asked. I'm like, can you I don't. see the tweets where people he doesn't. say they He doesn't. Like he forgot that I even had a podcast. He doesn't even know why, what I do throughout the day. He thinks I just sit around in coffee shops and look cute and listen to music about bikes. So that is that. Oh, my bike. Oh, my God. Ran around the trail of my bike. Y'all really better not make this into a song, guys. (laughs) Oh, my bike. Just riding down the trail of my bike. <laughs> All right, so thank you guys. I will include in the, in the show notes where, where the piece about mass shootings of white people, white men in particular, are, is in um, on Medium. Remember, you can like, <laughs> you can like, share, and subscribe. Uh, I promise every issue, every uh, shoot. I'm trying to concentrate. Every episode won't be like this. I promise. And remember, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Reclaimed. And you can email me at TheReclaimedBlog at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. On my bike, oh my bike. I guess I made it real black right there. My bike, oh, oh my bike. Bye, guys. <laughs>